Welcome to the Dead Format, episode 103. My name is Ian McEwen, and I'm joined tonight by my co-host, the lobster-tinged Thomas Smiley, and we're here to talk about Legacy. I feel like we just talked about this. Just to yeah. let everybody know, Ian fucked up his recording for the first <laughs> part, so we're we're redoing it. This is actually the third time, because we talked about it technically in the pre-show, too. We did, so this is the third time. But anyway, yeah, I'm I'm so bright red. Yesterday for Father's Day, went to Connecticut and I was in a, a pool all day with my kid. And, oh man, one, it was awesome because he was swimming on his own for the first time. But today, I am kind of crispy and uh, I'm so excited to do this set review today. I can't Dude, wait. Dude, how pumped are you to do an so, M21 set review? So pumped. So what'd you do, man? You set up like a, a blow-up pool out in Lynn or what? <laughs> no, we so we're in... <laughs> Uh, Rocky Hill. I don't know where that is in Connecticut. We just, we drove there. Oh, Rocky Hill, Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no shit. So my, my aunt, we, we basically went, we saw a bunch of family that lives, um, that lives sort of like in the South. Everybody came up, uh, in the South. Wait, what are you talking about? You calling Connecticut the South? No. Okay. So I have other family, Uh, other aunts in Virginia and maryland and they all came up to this aunt's house we had a nice family thing gotcha. we're all in the pool we got to see each other and uh <laughs> we went home so i thought you were calling like maybe connecticut's the south and then like new jersey's the deep south to you guys i don't know i i you know it could be that's sort of <laughs> sort of the northern viewpoint of it right everybody south of the mason dixon line are just savages i guess so bro and the mason dixon line somewhere around sturbridge connecticut apparently yeah, or Sturbridge, Mass. Um, if you wanna, if you wanna think about that. Wait, is Sturbridge in Massachusetts? I think so. The Sturbridge Village. I'm assuming it's on the Mass Pike from James Taylor songs. I'm pretty sure it's in Connecticut, bro. It is on the Mass Pike, yeah. But like, Hold we on. used to go on field trips there, and we didn't used to have to like cross state lines or nothing. No, Sturbridge is in Massachusetts. There might Fuck. be a Sturbridge, Connecticut. Yeah, I think there is. Uh, Sturbridge. You know who would know? Actually, Pat would know because he lives in Sturbridge Village. So I guess it actually is in Massachusetts, huh? Yeah, it's in Massachusetts. Yeah. Fuck. Okay, glad we had that talk. <laughs> yeah, bro. So basically, you uh, got to go swimming. That's great. You got sunburn. That's that's great, too. <sighs> any Any World of Warcraft updates before we jump into this? Uh, I mean, there there are a bunch, but I'm three weeks away from the big announcement, so we'll see how everything goes with that. My grad is, school class wait, is fit. Wait, what is it? Is the big announcement Burning Crusades coming out? Well, no, they're re-releasing it. They haven't announced like full, <laughs> they full dates yet, but I'm pretty sure they're just going to recycle through all of the other expansions. I'm not even kidding. They were putting oh feelers out, and people expect them to release Burning Crusade. It's kind of crazy. Bro. I was thinking about when I was making the show notes, I was like thinking about how funny it would be if they actually like re-release Burning Crusades. Like I didn't think it was a possibility that it would actually happen. Oh no, I absolutely think they're going to. This that's fucking wild, man. It it absolutely is wild. Yeah. How do you feel about it? Uh I wish that they put out some new content yeah. tuned to level sixty. Like didn't just completely recycle all the stuff that they were doing. There's some stuff at the end of Classic that a lot of people actually didn't get to see, so it's going to be nice to see that. But I wish they had something of that sort of challenge level that didn't start to scale up. 
Because, I mean, eventually people are going to get sick and bored of it again, so you can't just keep on re-releasing the old expansions, because eventually they just don't get good. If they just start again, though, when they get to whatever Pandaria or where the fuck they left off. Just go back to vanilla, right? I, I mean, I guess you can keep people in the cycle that way for sure. You yeah. Crazy people like me going back to grind Grand Marshal. No, so I that's... think what... Is that what it's called, Grand Marshal? For the for the highest PvP rank, yeah. It's got kind of a cl- like a clan vibe to it. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't actually know what they're called. But no, it's not Grand Marshal, I'm sorry. It's something else. So yeah, anyway, <laughs> set M20, M20, whatever, set review. <laughs> my wife told my kid to come give me a high five on my back today. Oh, sweet. Yeah. It's a great idea. <laughs> so there's a little... Oh, happy print. Father's Day, by the way. Oh, yeah, Fuck. thank you. It was, uh, it was exciting. Yeah, I bet. My, uh, my wife actually graduated from her program to, uh, yesterday, too, so... That's so awesome. Yeah, so that's that's over, and I got uh, eight days till we move out. Wow. Yeah, I can't believe it. I know. Time uh, that doesn't really fly, but it goes. Yo, fucking! It's gonna be next week's gonna be two years. We've been doing this cast, bro. That blows my mind. That yeah. one, we like stuck with it and are still doing it, and two, that like people listen. That still that still shocks me. Yeah. But this set review, I think this is the one we were probably the most excited about in our history of this podcast, right? Oh, absolutely. M21. Uh, every time a new set comes out in my heart, I just get that feeling of I can't wait to talk about all of these cards that are, are so different to everything, anything else that was ever printed, that um, I'm inspired to talk about them. <laughs> Honestly, bro, we're, we're obviously fucking around if people can't tell, but uh, I I actually love core sets. Like uh, when when I was looking at spoilers for this set, like I was I'm so excited to draft this set. There's something about core sets that's so wholesome to me. Like the uh, there's like the reprints and the the sort of uh, linear nature of the uh, what are they called. Color pairs, yeah, the archetypes, color pairs. It's sort of like you take a look at a core set and it's just like classic draft strategies. Yeah, where you're like, all right, you know that white blue flyers is going to be a deck. You know that. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's very vanilla. And honestly, bro, we we had some great draft formats this past year. Some ones that I I and I honestly, there's probably fewer than 200 people in the world who did more drafts than me this past year, and. Honest to God, M20 was the best draft format of the past year. Well, hopefully Among, M21 can improve on it. Yeah, I think, and it looks like it, it'll be really good. Except one thing I hate is fucking shrines. Don't don't get me started on fucking shrines. We'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it soon. It's like the worst the worst thing for a draft because it's like high risk, high reward. Okay. Fucking shit. It it, it just ruins drafts. It's, it's not the kind of card I like at all. But yeah, dude, basically the the problem with doing the set review, and we've been like sort of introducing like the gaming model to it lately where we bet on it, and we're just going to nullify the last set because I don't feel like either of us deserves to win whichever one won. I don't think either of us deserves a win on that, so I'm fine with nullifying that if you are. I absolutely am, because one, I don't think I won, and two, I don't want to go back and check. 
Yeah, it, so, it's going to be depressing. Yeah. Yep. We, we both did a horrible job. I'm actually back playing Legacy Leagues now, so maybe I'll have a little better uh, handle on it. That's awesome. But, yeah, but honestly, the uh, the problem is right now the, the upside for trying new cards is way too high, and the incentive is too low, right? Because there's no big events people are testing for, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's the challenges and stuff, but what there is is clout. There's, you know, get people watching your stream, get Make, people... You get more likes on Twitter, more people exactly. will follow you. Yeah. I mean, like... That is a pretty big reward. Now, yeah. for me personally, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I really buy into that. Follow us on Twitter at Dead Format Cast. Um, yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, no. But honestly, like the the clout outweighs anything else. I mean, I I've been playing leagues with the Shark Still deck, and the, with the new payouts, because I've only been playing limited for the past you know however many weeks since they did mm-hmm. that change, which is like at least six months now. It's so easy to go infinite in, in legacy leagues, like it's. Well, you can you make your money back with a two three, right? No, or you, you get make part half of your it money back, back with a two three. Yeah, you get part of it back with a two three, but you get like one and a quarter with a three two. Okay. So. So if you two three three two, are you even or ahead? You're down two dollars and sixty cents. Oh okay. So okay. if you three two three two two three, you're even. All right. Okay. So that. So you have to go, you know, nine and eight or whatever that is, uh, eight and seven. Yeah, that falls into the wheelhouse of like, like Pretty, a, a, the win percentage of a bunch of people can get yes, there. Yes, exactly. it's slow, but it's it's there. Mm-hmm. Never mind if you sprinkle in a four one, because then you're just like, it's yeah. bonus. Yeah. Yep. So I got you. It's very profitable. I think you know, very easy to to be infinite playing it. So the the incentive i think to really play the absolute best list is just incredibly low so i think that we've been a little too tight with these cards like mm-hmm. if you look at our past few set reviews i'm sure we we missed on the on the low side on everything because people just want to be trying new shit you know yeah but i think if you take a look at like what happened after people stopped trying that new stuff yeah we were probably pretty accurate with how everything settled just not like the first two weeks when new cards come out everybody is trying them and you can't really like you can't really take those results and say that they're right or wrong at least that's that's how i look at it true yeah that's a good point but i was i was thinking about our buddies uh nate and the guys over at eternal dirtles uh when i've listened to their set reviews it's more like this model where they pick they, they pick a card and then uh nate or phil tries to come like up put with it into a deck or like yes. break it yeah like tries to brew a deck around it and then people kind of tell them like that's interesting or 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 that's not going to work or or give like their suggestions i'm not saying we should do exactly that but i think that this particular place that we're at with the format lends itself to that more than the, the gaming model that we've picked up from so are, are so you saying that your favorite podcast's set review style, so many insane plays, like might not be suited to ours? I, know, I can't believe you're saying this. It's your it's favorite cast. It's a tough cast. pill to swallow, bro. It's a but, tough pill to swallow. Yeah, I guess we gotta we gotta accept it and move on. Yeah, bro. My so my wife's graduation was last night, and uh, I. 
went over her friend. It was a Zoom graduation, obviously. Yeah. But uh, we went over one of her friend's houses to watch it, and he was making uh, whiskey sours. Okay. Because he, he listened to an episode of the podcast. This is the dude with the scrublands, by the way. That guy. Okay. The imaginary person? Yeah. You're socially <laughs> distancing already because this person's imaginary? <laughs> well, he had an imaginary tuxedo on, and I was wearing flip-flops. So. Wait, hold up. He actually wore a tuxedo to a yes. Zoom graduation? You show? Yeah. <laughs> okay. This yeah. is great. I like this guy even more. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he was making whiskey sours all night, so it was kind of weird for me going two in a row. But I'm going to tough it out. I ran out of whiskey last night. I'm not drinking anything. It's it's a sad day. What the fuck? I know. I know. I had I had a bottle of Eagle Rare. I finished it last night. I looked in the fridge. No beers. Uh, no bottles of whiskey. My wife has some vodka, but I'll be murdered if I go make a drink out of that. So I'm um, I'm dry tonight. So maybe my commentary will be more on point. Um, maybe I'll be able to get my grad school work done after this, but. I'm ready, ready to talk about this. Yeah, yeah, you're pushing the envelope, bro. You keep highlighting the first card, trying to get the show on the road. But I have one more thing I gotta say. I'm uh, ready. I I'm wish ready I could remember go. the name of all the whiskeys that he made me try last night. But one of them was like a local thing, and and it was clear and it had an apple. It was aged in apple brandy casks. You know what that is? Uh, so I'm pretty sure that I know apple brandy. I I don't know the the brand that's putting out. Okay. Like the the clear, like an unaged clear whiskey or whatever. Yeah, he had me try that one. It was it tastes like tequila. It was awful. And then there was a, a peat one that they made, and then some sixteen year that he he said was pretty expensive. Hmm. Uh, I wish I could remember the names of any of them. Like a like a Lagavulin sixteen. It had way more letters than that. Okay. It was kind of like um like a Glen Glen Fittich sounding name, but like not. Not like Glenn Fittich, but Glenn Glenn Livet. No, no, no. It wasn't. It didn't begin with Glenn. It was like it so. Some had, space it had Scotch. J's and L's and T's in it. Is what I'm trying to say. Okay. I don't know, but anyway, I'm 21. We've talked about a couple cards already, uh, but we're just gonna start at the top with some mythics. To Fairy Master of Time, two blue blue for a three ro- loyalty planeswalker. To Fairy Master of Time, you can activate at instant speed on your turn or your opponent's turn so that that's a new ability as far as i'm aware right uh that that's the first time that i'd seen that too yeah yeah when i originally read the card for some reason i thought that it also had flash yeah and um and obviously like that obviously would have made the card better but uh yeah it's a sorcerer speed planeswalker with instant speed activation so it's uh it's a little different it is a little different and we're we're just going to be getting rid of the other Teferian standard, so I guess it's time for this one to come in. But it has plus one to loot, minus three, and it comes in with three loyalty. So minus three target creature you don't control phases out, and minus ten take two extra turns after this one. Do you think that this will get looks in Legacy? No. Okay, here's why. You're probably almost always going to want to play Jace the Mind Sculptor. It's just strictly... Not, okay. So people are going to be mad at me when I say it's just strictly better. Um, but it is a significantly better card. Same casting cost. These abilities... Eh, like, okay. So it comes into play with three loyalty. And you can loot on your turn. 
all right? You probably don't want to use the minus three to to make a creature phase out unless you're casting it, phasing out their only blocker, and then killing them. So you're you're kind of relying on that plus one loot ability on your turn, and then it can sort of protect itself by going down to one yeah. to make your opponent's creature that is going to attack it phase out. But like, the only way that I can consider taking advantage of this is by being able to take advantage of the loot. You're talking about like things like maybe reanimator shells, uh, maybe some sort of like a deck that has a sort of reanimator finish to it, but wants to play like a control deck. And I think even in those decks, Jace the Mind Sculptor is probably better. The minus 10 in Legacy, it's just never going to happen. It You can put it up to four loyalty on your turn, five loyalty on your opponent's turn if you're just consistently looting. Yeah. Not putting yourself ahead, but but looting. And um, it's just, it's kind of a meh card to me. Yeah, the the one sort of standout scenario is against Depths or something like that, where phasing out the creature is a big deal. Sure. Uh, that's like the only scenario where I, I think I would want this more than Jace, I would say. And honestly, I don't even want Jace that much right now. Like, I, I, I'm playing one in my main deck right now, but I'm boarding it out in literally every matchup because it's either not the right card mm-hmm. or it's too slow or it's getting pyroblasted and trading down three mana. Yeah, the the fact that being blue is such a liability in Legacy right now is like, I mean, it's kind of crazy. It used yeah. to be the blue format where that's just what you wanted to do, and right. uh, yeah, I mean, I don't like this card. And it's not a big enough because there's like this other consideration because of Teferi three, where you're you can land a Teferi three, and if you 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 can protect it pretty easily because they can't counter back once it's down. Mm-hmm. So you actually want your four to be like a closing the door haymaker, and this this is not that you know this is six you know uh, six turn cycles until you can ultimate it, and then it's not even shutting the door. Yeah, I so. mean this is this is obviously designed for standard. I know yeah. that they said they don't test all the formats, but like the power level on this card is turned way down. Um, yeah, so, so this I, card's obviously going to show up because somebody's going to put it in their deck, but it's not. I don't think it deserves to. You know what I mean? I don't know. I think the people who are innovating like don't don't want to innovate with a card like this. <laughs> this no, this just seems like way below the power level even if you like find the best shell for it. Well, um, so the the one thing though is people are playing four Dax in the Orion Dak deck. Mhm. I think this might be better than the fourth Dak for doing that. Okay. So it's like a super quarter <laughs> case, but I can see justifying it in that shell. Okay. <laughs> Liliana, Walker of the Dead. Do you have like Mythic Spoiler open or something? No, but I'm going to Google this because of your comment next to the yeah. name. This are it has to be the same person who did the the fucking tapper in the last set because the Noah art... Bradley? <laughs> no. It's uh it's Anna something. Uh I don't know what her name is. But do you well, see Liliana Waker of the Dead? The art? Yeah, I don't. I don't mind this art. It's oh like a little God, bit more dude. family friendly than the other oh. Lilianas. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, some I know of, exactly. Some of the saying. other Lilianas have been like, Jesus, they put that on a card. Like, gorgeous. This is a more conservatively dressed Liliana. She's dressed like I think, a nun. I think the art is fine. The art is horrible. So. 
What? It's got that uncanny valley thing that I was talking about in the last set that I can't stand where there's this hyper real face and this cartoony background. That drives me up a fucking wall, dude. Well, that's I, just the artist trying to focus focus you toward the character. I don't think this art's that bad. I think this is the worst Planeswalker art I've ever seen. Until okay, I'm, I'm going to hard disagree with that. All right, congratulations. You, but, you but every Liliana doesn't have to look like Liliana of the Veil. But what about if it's literally the exact same card, just up one mana? I mean, they need to tune it for today's standard, right? Do you do you see the abilities on this thing? So it's I mean, it's two... very, it is very, very similar. It's they, I've like never plus, seen anything like this. The plus is a card advantage, like get ahead by making your opponent discard. The minus is creature removal. They tune the loyalty, the loyalty abilities, costs, and what they do, and um. I think I think they might have just been trying to figure out a way that they can make a card that was similar to an old card that was really a hit. Liliana the Veil was an outstanding card. And and sort of mesh it into a standard format. Yeah, so the rumor, I don't know if you remember this, but the rumor was that Liliana of the Veil was supposed to be in M fourteen, I wanna say. Okay. But mono black devotion would have been too powerful, so they cut it. I so, did not hear that rumor, but the, Liliana the Veil being in that format with that pack would have been gross. Um, yeah. Gray Merchant deck would have been absolutely insane. Yeah, so if they did, they made a good decision, but obviously if that was the case and they wanted a Liliana of the Veil sort of effect in standard, like they think it's good for a core set. Mm-hmm. And this just seems like they were trying to print a different Liliana of the Veil because it's two black black for a four loyalty Liliana. Plus one, each player discards a card. Each opponent who can't loses three life. Minus three, target creature gets minus X, minus X until end of turn, where X is the number of cards in your graveyard. And the ultimate, minus seven, you get an emblem with at the beginning of combat on your turn, put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control against haste. Yeah, well, I mean, they wanted a Liliana in the set because they're really, like, trying to focus on the story and the themes and everything. I think this is a fine Liliana card. I don't think it's for Legacy. This is not a toy for us. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. So, like, why why would you ever play this over Liliana the Veil? We so talked about the similarities. So there's the Ancient Tomb Pox decks, right? Like the uh, the Leyline of the Void, Helm of Obedience sort of Pox decks that play one or two Liliana the Veil. Okay. And the problem in those decks is not the overall casting cost; it's the double black part. So the question is, if three and four are the same, is this better than Liliana of the Veil? Um, so I think for the plus ability, because it's non-symmetric, I mean, um, maybe. because I don't know the answer. It could be it could be not, but I think it might slightly be. I, I think the plus one is, is probably better, because even though the pox decks like you're you're usually you're you're using that ability when you're really low on cards in hand and you have some things that can gain value from the graveyard the um the minus three or compared to the minus two of liliana the veil like it's not even close the the double sacrifice or the sacrifice compared to this minus x yeah deal um and the ultimate i mean that's like it's whatever it's matchup dependent you're not going to end up playing a bunch of creatures you want to get back it's unlikely Mm -hmm. that it's just going to straight up win you the game um it might depending on your matchup but 
that's that's not something you want to rely on as a win con. Yeah. So, so you're I, saying that just to be clear, you're saying that this one, the minus X, is better than the sacrifice. No, 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 no. I'm saying the sacrifice is way better. Really? Yeah, we're not. I mean, are we living in a world where like, like people are flooding the board? I mean, I, like there, you know, there's death and taxes, Maverick, that sort of thing. Like, uh, the Blood Moon Stompy. I don't know. Like, generally, you know, flashing a Snapcaster or something. I think targeted removal is probably slightly better than an Edict. Like this sort of target. Uh, I, I mean, I think if you're talking about in that deck, that's a deck that is using Mox Diamond and Dark Ritual and a bunch of other things to, like, yeah. be able to power out these threats, how many how many cards are you holding in your hand? Like, I would think that if you had a full hand, sure, this ability is going to be better. But I think overall... No, the X is the number of cards in your graveyard. Oh, I thought it was hand. No. I don't know why I, I thought that it was hand. Because it says yard. So, yeah. So it's, I think it's generally going to be at least three with okay. these cards in play. I don't know, man. That, that might change my mind on it. I misread the card. Okay. So I think that this card is slightly better, so it wouldn't shock me to see it show up in that deck, but that's a super fringe deck, so. Okay. You might have sold me on that. I was thinking that uh, there was no way that that ability was going to be better than oh, yeah, yeah. The, the Sacrifice. So Chandra, Heart of Fire, three red red for a Chandra. This is, I believe, the 11th Chandra since we've started this podcast. Mm-hmm. It's a five loyalty Planeswalker. Plus one, discard your hand and exile the top three cards of your library until end of turn. You may play each card exiled this way. So it's a Chandra for three. Yep. Plus, Also a plus one is shock something. And then minus nine, search your graveyard and library for any number of red instant and or sorcery cards, exile them, and then you may cast them until end of turn and add six red to your mana pool. Yep. Okay. So when I read this card, and I was really trying to go through all of like the the new cards that were printed to see if anything could be potentially broken, this plus one, not the shock, the discard your hand, exile the top three. Yep. I... I'm thinking that there is some sort of red ancient tomb deck that might want this. That's a lot of cards. Yeah. So I I like this the best out of all the cards we've talked about so far. Just as a card advantage engine for, I don't know, some sort of Mox ancient tomb blood moon deck. Um, yeah. So, so that's where I think about this card. I don't know how the ultimate um, really plays into that. Like, I don't see a deck... That is going to load up on instants and sorceries. Like I don't see like a red storm deck or anything. All they wanting usually this. have is fiery fiery confluence. So casting two fiery confluence is pretty fucking good, though. Okay, sure. And like, maybe it's, it's not nothing. It, it's something they could do. Yeah, especially because it goes to the graveyard. So you could play like three in your deck and still not have to worry about it. Yeah, that's true. Maybe does Ruby Storm or anything want this? I I don't think that. Um, uh, I don't know if that's something that that deck would want. I haven't seen anybody play it in like a year. Yeah, but it does seem like the plus one could yeah. go really well in a mono red storm engine too. Yeah, but I, I that's just what I see when I see the card. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I, I thought about the Stompy deck too, obviously, and I think it. You know, it'll be a one of. Test it out. See how it goes. 
I'm a really big fan of the six mana Chandra from the last core set, honestly, in those stompy decks. Sometimes you see one or two of those sideboard. Those mm-hmm. fucking wreck blue decks, man. It can't be countered, and each turn you take it up by two and give your opponent an emblem with one damage every upkeep. That yeah, the not, the not being able to be countered clause is kind of huge in those decks. Yeah, and it starts at six loyalty, so it's just insane. But, you know, this one's worth trying, too. So, yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from with this being the best so far. I think you're right. So the we skipped the white one. It's uh, Basri Cat. It's one white, white, three loyalty, plus one, put a one, one counter up to one target creature. Gains indestructible until on to turn. Minus two, whenever one or more non-token creatures attack this turn, create that many one, one white soldier creatures that are tapped and attacking. There's a word for that. It's a card in Theros, but um, I can't remember. Minus six, you get an emblem with at the beginning of combat in your turn, create a one one white soldier creature token, then put a one one counter on a creature on each creature you control. Mm-hmm. Some might call that a crusade, I guess. Oh, so this card's gonna get banned. Can we talk <laughs> <sighs> No nope. Do you want to talk about this? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but can we? I don't know. I mean we probably can. I, yeah. I feel like the the cards that Wizards banned for sort of the offensive, um, racist artwork, I think that everybody understood that um, Invoke Prejudice. That Invoke Prejudice was just like, that should have been gone a really long time ago. There really wasn't any excuse for that card to stick around until now. And I think that sort of banning that when they did made it seem like they were kind of pandering. But I don't I don't know if I want to get into that that conversation but crusade getting banned kind of rubs me the wrong way maybe it's because i grew up playing that card and i don't i don't really think about that maybe it's because of my privilege that i don't think about that card as offensive but um when i saw that i like had to sort of scratch my head yeah i honestly i I just wanted to ban all the cards at this point like i just think it's funny (sighs) I, i don't know it's it's like so far past a joke i think to ban crusade that it's just making a mockery of it so, all right so basri basri cat uh can you see is... anything that would want this well okay so the reason that i'm even talking about this card is because we missed uh lava brink venture from aquaria because is that the red white no 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 it's uh two and a white for a creature that has either protection from odd or even you choose mm-hmm. and it's, it's and was it a three three yeah it's playable in soldier okay. stompy so th- i thought about soldiers with this this card because it's a soldier right q m and m yeah soldier. i mean it is a soldier but you can't cast it off of cavern no and you can't get it off of the um like the white uh elvish recruiter like what the uh, goblin recruiter whatever it is so what is it called i can't remember like veteran i can't remember the card but it was in it was in a a set printed daru daru war chief maybe something like that it could be not war chief but something like that um but all of the synergies of that deck they it sort of relies on devotion i don't i don't know if if this at three mana is something that you want to put in there Plus, it doesn't seem good enough. Yeah, that deck's an Ancient Tomb deck. 
Yeah. And the same thing that we were talking about with the casting cost differences of the new Liliana and the old Liliana in an Ancient Tomb deck, one white-white is probably very similar to two white-white. And I think two white-white just has better Planeswalker options. Mm-hmm. I know old Elspeth hasn't seen play in, in a minute, but I, I don't... I don't know. I think I would rather play old Elspeth. Probably, yeah. Certainly Gideon, right? But this is a... It's a card that I don't expect to see at all. Yep, me too. So, Garrick Unleashed, which is a great name for him, is two green green for a four-mana legendary Garrick. So why why is it a great name? Because they had Unleashed up ever since since that tragic assault on Liliana on the plane of Innistrad, right? They've had him on that leash. Okay, I uh, maybe he's off keto. He can eat his um his gingerbread cookies. Now go. he's now he's unleashed. Yeah, and he he's looking like a like a Garrick in this art. He's okay. a pretty chad motherfucker. Right? <laughs> but plus one up to one target creature gets giant growth and trample. Minus two create a beast. Then if you have less creatures, put a loyalty counter on him. That that's like the weirdest fucking. We need to make this a little bit stronger. Yeah, like, <laughs> like they're trying to tune whether or not it's a minus one or a minus two. Yeah. I can, I mean, it's weird. I can get behind it. They In their playtesting process, they probably were like, okay, when, when you're ahead, this um, minus one to make a beast is just too good. Yeah. And when when you're behind, it's, it's fine. So I, I actually like this clause. It's weird, but... I can see how they came up with it. Yeah, I can see how they came up with it. It's just not very elegant, I guess. But, you know, it it, it makes it a little bit stronger when you're behind, yeah. And so then, I, I like I like cards having design changes. Yeah, true. To sort of like to sort of deal with that. It proves I don't know, that I they feel at least like, tested one game with it. Yeah, having having I've played zero games with this card. <laughs> but having a card that's um stronger when you're behind compared to when you're ahead does sort of lend the game to be like a little bit more even right so i don't know if that's a goal that they want to have where they want to make each game closer but that's definitely a way of doing it it's kind of like what do they call that in fighting games when uh when you're losing and you're a little bit quicker than the other person uh so i assistance or something uh i actually don't know i'm i you know i'm talking about like the nba jam scene no, you know, um, like NBA Jam. Though you played NBA Jam when you were a kid, you know how when you're when you're losing, you're gonna make all your all your shots. Oh, that's a that's a setting you can turn off, though. I know, but what's the setting called? Fuck. It's like, you know, loser help or whatever. Like. Yeah, I was I was trying to find it. I don't feel bads be gone. You know. Yep. So that it seems like that's what this card has, right? But yeah, absolutely. And then minus seven, you get emblem with at the beginning of your end step. You may search your library for a creature card, put it on the battlefield, and shuffle your library. Which is I, I don't remember ever seeing that on a card before, so that's kind of interesting. But yeah, I mean, it's um, you get to sort of green sun zenith the creature. Yeah. yeah, I I feel like that's kind of similar to what some of the other Garricks did. The flip Garrick let you get it into your hand, but like this is just putting it into play. I yeah. mean, it's an ultimate. Right. right. So um, it's also like kind of far away. I guess it goes five, six, seven, 
uh, next turn you can ultimate, so it's four turns away. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I I don't, I can't imagine playing this card. Like, I can't think of a deck where you'd play this card. I also can't. Um, there was a, uh, not a Nissa, but uh, whatever her name is in the last set in Akoria that was um, Vivian. Yep. That I think was a little stronger than this card, and I've never seen it show up. So, I would agree with you with that. It did a very similar sort of things. You could play with the top card of your library field and cast it too. So it's just a way better card overall. I never saw that. Yeah, there's a better way. It was a better advantage engine. Like yeah. here, your your sort of quote unquote card advantage is making a three three. And being able to t to cast the top card is probably a lot stronger than that. Yeah. So next, there's these two cards that were paired together, and I think they were like spoiled on the same day too, or, or maybe back to back days. But Baron mm -hmm. Baron Talarian Archmage was one blue blue for a two two legendary human wizard. With when it enters the battlefield, uh, you can bounce a creature or planeswalker, and at your end step, if a permanent you control was bounced this turn, draw a card. And Niambi Esteemed Speaker, which is a, a blue-white for a legendary human cleric, 2-2 two, two with Flash. And uh, when it enters the battlefield, bounce a creature you control and gain life equal to its converted mana cost. And you can play one blue-white and tap it, discard a legendary card to draw two. Okay, so let's do these cards individually and then talk about the synergies with them. Yeah. Because they work really well together. Right. Um, okay, so Baron, Teleri Dark Mage, it's really kind of a creature of Planeswalker Mana War. Yep. If this card had Flash, I'd want to talk about it way more. So right. right now we're kind of just talking about it in terms of Vile decks. Yep. I think that's just really where we want to be. Um, mm -hmm. So it's a human. It might see play in humans. You could try to put together some blue-white Vile deck that I talk about it all the time, but it just never <laughs> sort of appears. Um, and it's got a little bit of advantage if you used it on one of your permanents. So maybe think about um, bouncing a Stoneforge Mystic or bouncing one of your creatures to save it from removal. You get uh, you get one card back. And if you use it on your opponent's stuff, you get a little bit of tempo. So, so there's one thing I want to add, though, that I didn't okay. notice the first time I looked at this card. It's not just the end step after it came in. It's every one of your end steps. Okay, so if you if you chain this together with an engine... Yes, you Or could you start to use things like Caracas on one of your other creatures, exactly, you get to yes. draw a card every turn. Yep. So that okay. actually made me think a little higher of it since okay. I first read it. Yep, I, I'm, like, obviously just reading this and putting this together. Yep. Uh, that does seem like... It, it's better it's like but, the monarch you know yeah um and to be honest I, I feel like monarch could play really well in a shell with this card too like yeah you're you're playing palace jailer bouncing palace jailer and yep. being able to replay it seems kind of cool oh, especially if you can draw a card from that and the monarch hell yeah and uh niambi i so i don't know i don't know about this one i think i like baron a little bit more um, it is legendary, it has flash, which is great, and you can save one of your creatures you control to gain a little bit of life. The three mana activated ability to be able to ditch other legendary cards and draw two, 
is that a build around ability or I think talking... so yeah I I so think I that th- for this card to see play it would have to be like a heavy legendary deck yeah but the, so there's there's just huge problems with uh putting a deck together like that where you're like okay I'm gonna play a ton of legendary creatures that have this drawback that when you draw multiples they're bad and you wanting to have legendary creatures that you kind of want to discard to gain this card advantage. So I don't know how those things are going to play with each other. Well, so there's one thing about what you said. You said creatures. And this isn't creatures. It's it's cards in general. But like so, how many non-legendary creatures are, are playable? You have like Jit. You have Caracas. What other things? I guess Planeswalkers are legendary. The big now. one is Teferi, yeah. Okay. The big one is Teferi 3, because generally the Vile decks always play two of those. But I okay. think if you had a, a way to to utilize them better, you, you could justify going up to 3 for sure. Because it's such a powerful card when you have it. It's just like multiples are just awful. Yeah, I just feel like if you're playing sort of a Vile Shell like that, like spending, spend, I, I don't know, maybe the 3 mana is just something that you, can, you have for free when you have Vile. That, yeah. Um, that is fine with that, but I don't. I don't know. I don't know about this card. The other thing is Caracas is so powerful, but it's such a bad feel to put two of them in your deck, right? If you're not death and taxes, where you're not drawing cards. Mm-hmm. So this would give you an outlet to that. And I'm not saying that it's worth building around this ability because it's not that good, but it is. I think enough of an upside that you could sort of end up here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And okay. specifically, Mox Amber, I think, is the the most boring card to think about because, like, there was that deck that we saw with Luris, like that that the mono the mono white creature deck that yeah. played uh, Kithian and uh, Ismaru. Yeah, uh, yeah, I remember. So, you know, if there's like a Mox Amber kind of deck with this and that, like, it seems like uh, you could really go off with this, but I'm not sure. Yeah, that deck I, exists. I feel like three mana on your turn or three mana whenever to like ditch a Kithian and draw two cards your, your deck's playing a bunch of like one drop legendary creatures I don't know if that's going to get you over the edge yeah but. I don't know about Kithian that that does sound pretty weak but um, yeah I don't know I wonder there's uh, Fibblethip you remember that one yeah, the one where if it enters play not from your hand, you get yeah. to... Is that the one you're talking about? Yep. Yep. But it's like a one blue for a legendary Elvish Visionary. Okay. And then there's uh, Jace, Vintage Prodigy, obviously, and there's this one, and Lavinia, Thalia. I don't know. Maybe there's something there. I'm not I'm not sure. But yep, I'm not sure how all of it works together. It. Okay. So, yeah. Overall, um, I'm, I think, a little higher on the Baron once I realized that it was every end step mm-hmm. than the Nyambi. Yeah, I'm also a little bit higher on that card, too. But, like you said, the Flash, not having Flash is a big, big... Yeah, um, if um, if Baron actually had Flash, then I, I would be talking about how, okay, this card, this card can compete. Yeah. You already have so many options at one blue-blue in Legacy that True. um that not having flash on that card could be kind of rough but you're playing if you're playing a vile deck where you can sort of get around that um maybe it's comparable to click maybe it's comparable to 
the um, the adventure card, but probably not. Yeah, and for anybody who's not familiar when we say vile deck, it's a uh, the kind of deck where you literally have vile in your starting hand every single game. Yeah, with the with the new mulligan. Yep. You really do. That's not like a that's that's just something that happens. Exactly. Hold on one second. Okay. Yeah, so the next card is Terror of the Peaks, which we don't really need to talk about. It's three red red for a 5-4 dragon, targeting it with a spell, cost three life for your opponent. But whenever another creature enters the battlefield under control, it does power damage to any target. Uh, the only reason that we're talking about this at all is for those strange decks that play Dragonlord Colagon or Flare of the Hatebound or whatever to just KO your opponent. Like, sometimes you'll see a Dread Return Dredge, you know? Okay. This... I I don't know. I think of this card more as, like, one of those big flying red creatures that Wizards like to print, like Thundermod Hellkite or yeah. uh, Stormbreath Dragon. Was it the pro-white pro one from Theros with Monstrosity? Thundermod Hellkite? Thundermod that... Hellkite was the 5-5 five five that was from a core set that had, okay. like... 5-5 five, five Flying Haste, and then it pinged Flyers and tapped them. Stormbreath Dragon had Monstrosity. And it was pro-white. That was the 4-4 four, four that saw play in a few decks because... Uh, it saw play in um, Ponza in Modern because you couldn't path it. Okay. Like, this just reminds me of something that's in that same vein where you, you have this big flying dragon and it has some sort of upside. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought of it as a combo card, so... Yeah, I think I think there are better combo cards. I don't know, man. For that role, the the problem is it can't go in Gyruda because it has an even man, or an odd mana cost. Yeah, but like Flare, Flare, the Flare of the Hatebound, right? Mm-hmm. It does that already. It doesn't need anything else to go with it. So this not only needs to be in play, like you need to do the thing to make this good twice with with a deck okay. like that i see what you're saying if that if that makes sense it's like you're adding an extra step yeah to yeah, do yeah. something that you could already just do so it'd just be for oops i guess is, is what you're saying uh well i mean oops just kills you a different way mm-hmm. but i'm saying like something where you ran your whole graveyard at once basically oh okay sure right and there probably are like some better options if sure. you're gonna dump your your whole graveyard in yeah yeah you're probably right what about, uh, dude, I fucking lost a Living End this week. I mean, it, it happens. It's not a great combo deck, because it just... How, did they, did you just have no have no interaction? Yeah, well, first of all, there's uh, a Cycler from Amonkhet that's a Sea Serpent, basically. It's like a 5-5 five, five for 5 and a blue or something, but it cycles for just blue. Yeah. And it has fucking Hexproof. Five, okay. five I remember. No I remember joke. that in limited. Yeah, yeah. It's no joke, bro. Like, I don't no, have but I mean, they have to resolve that. their living end. Right. They have to resolve their living end. But when you're dumb enough to bring in containment priest against living end, it's pretty easy for them to resolve it. Oh. I don't know why. Like as soon as <laughs> okay. I drew it, I was like, no. It what seems. Was I thinking? You know, it's. It seems like. It seems like it was gonna work. Yep. It doesn't though. It does not work. No. So, yeah, I kind of got fucked by that. Mm. It was kind of my own fault I lost. But, yeah, <laughs> it uh, it actually did seem a little better than I thought it would. Okay. And whoever it was, 
also five owed. I saw them in the in the deck. Were too, so. were they playing like thought that were they playing black discard? Is their interaction? Uh no, I think it was just blue counter spells actually. Oh okay, so I haven't seen any versions of Living End that actually played counter spells, but I guess since you have force of will and force of negation, it, it sort of gets around the cascade stuff, so you could have eight counter spells. Yep. Okay. All right, maybe it's not the worst. Maybe it's not just a force check deck like I was thinking. Yeah, it seemed a little better than that. Okay. But, uh, Chandra's Incinerator. You're the burn expert, so this one's on you. You you want me to tell you that this is playable in burn? Yeah. It's not. <laughs> it's uh, five, like, okay. five and a red for a 6-6 six, six trample elemental, and it has non-combat damage dealt. So if you right, dealt so five like damage you deal opponent, five damage, it costs a red. This is one of those cards that, like, if you are... I think if you're casting spells that are dealing 5 damage and you're on a turn where you can do that plus play this, you're you're probably already very close to winning the game and you don't need something that won't be able to hit for another turn. Like, you're dealing 5 damage, that means you're putting 2 spells together, you have an extra mana... Well, suspend uh, Rift Bolt, bro. Sure. Okay, suspend Rift Bolt, Bolt, you cast this on turn 2. We can do the math behind, like, the odds of that happening. I feel like they're low. Yeah. And I feel like in situations where you have a very close game, which Burn generally has very close games, this is kind of a waste of a turn. Yeah, I'm not going to bat for this card for the record. I think this is absolutely not playable. Yeah. I So I understand people that would be like, wow... I want to put this in my burn deck. Look what I can do on my second or third turn. Mm. But I think, like, overall strategy-wise, that's not what you want to be doing with your burn deck. And um, maybe there are some interesting lines with Fire Blast where you can chain, like, multiples of these together and, and lose your lands to try to get ahead on board. But I don't, I don't know if I like it. That would be pretty nightmarish, like the Rift Bolt, Fire Blast, two of these start. Oh, I mean, like, the, you, the top end of this card, yeah. if you're like, okay, I can do this, it, it, it's insane. You can't say, that's bad. No, it's obviously good. I think consistency-wise, though, it's more likely to rot in your hand. But the bottom line is, if you're a good burn player, you know that every card has to be 2-3 to three damage at least, and that's why you have Swift Spear, Goblin Guide, and Eidolon, because they... They all get plowed, and you've still done two, two damage at least, yeah? Yep. And this this just gets plowed, and you, it didn't deal any damage. That is absolutely correct. So that's that's just why this card isn't a card. Yeah. All right. It's good we agree on a card, finally. <laughs> the, uh, na- the naysayers come out. Yeah. This is also going to be the card that's in every fucking deck now. Uh, see the truth. One in a blue sorcery, anticipate, or if you cast it from, not from your hand, draw three. Mm-hmm. Well, we talked about this two weeks ago, right? We did, yeah. Yep. So I can see this card seeing play just because of how much of an upside it has. There's already cards in Legacy that see a ton of play that that benefit from interactions like this, like Snapcaster Mage. Yeah. So uh, it's it, people are going to try this. Of yeah. all of the cards we've talked about, we talked about those brewers with maybe not a ton of um, yeah. a ton of incentive, 
but this is a card that people will actually try to play with and try to break because anything that says draw three on it mm-hmm. for a decently low mana cost is is probably going to be something that's okay. Yeah, and one thing about this card too is um, I've been playing against a lot of a lot of the rug waterfall decks online. Uh, at least okay. three. At least three because it's like Dreadhorde Arcanist. Yep. Uh, Crash of Rhinos and Ancestral Recall or Ancestral Vision rather. Um, it just makes that sort of shardless Bloodbraid Elf package. Like the Dreadhorde gives you that other angle of attack, sort of. Mm-hmm. So it it just I, for whatever reason my deck lines up pretty well against them, but I, it seems like an insanely powerful deck when they're not getting their suspended spells standstill every time. Mm-hmm. So basically, I definitely expect to see this card show up, if, if only because of those decks. But I think that people will try it in like you know miracles that sort of thing too. Yeah, Miracles was, I mean, obviously, like, the first thing that I thought of. Yeah. I didn't know that those rug waterfall lists were, like, were still around. Yeah, I didn't expect to see so many of them, but I have. So maybe it's just, like, a precursor for when they can play this card. Like, they want to get used to that deck so they can slot this in. I'm not sure. Uh, Karavek the Spiteful. I didn't see anyone talking about this card. I just found it today when I was making the show notes. Mm-hmm. Two black black for a legendary human warlock, 3-2. Uh, and all creatures get minus one, minus one. Is it all other? All, no, all creatures. Oh, so really it's a 2-1? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I thought you meant your opponents. It, it's all other creatures, yeah. Okay, so it's a 3-2. Um, yeah, it's Netasol's Betrayal on a Stick. I I mean, there might be a role for this card? Yeah, I mean, we've seen these kind of cards, like Curse of Desold, Netasol's Betrayal, have their, their spot. Yeah, like the old Charlotte's Bug deck um, used to play that as an answer to true name. I think that, like, you would still probably want to stick with those cards because this is a creature and it's more vulnerable to removal. Right. But um, the the effect has seen play before. Yeah. I just don't know if you want it on a body. Me neither. I I can't find a use case for this, but Mm -hmm. it seemed like it was worth mentioning. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe if you want that in a... um, in a shell that has access to creature tutoring. I don't know what that would be, but... Um, I guess it's, it's uh, what do you call it? It's fucking Nickfit, right? It's, it's another... It kills your veteran card. explorer. Yep, uh, permanently kills your veteran explorer, so you, yep. your opponent can't even, like, can't do anything to them. Right. No, this card is great. Yeah, it's a Nickfit <laughs> It's a Nickfit uh, staple. all-star, yeah. Yep. Caracas, my god, dude. So, yeah. The, the card we probably should have started with is Conspicuous Snoop, which is Red Red for a 2-2 Goblin Rogue. Bro, first of all, Red Red for a 2-2 Goblin Rogue is just insane to start with. But play with the top card wait, of your library wait, 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 wait. build. Are you being serious? Well, it's insane because Red isn't supposed to get two mana 2-2s, right? Uh, well, I mean, it, it obviously does. Iron Claw Orcs was in was in the and original it can't, it can't block though it's like i mean a, it's a 2-2 with a downside yeah but it's a 2-2 for two is this a 2-2 with a downside no i mean no. it could be a downside like it makes you want to play goblins <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry goblin lackey play play with the top card your library revealed if the top card library is a goblin you can cast it and conspicuous snoop gets all activated abilities of the top card your library if it's a goblin all right so 
Can you can you think of any uses outside of goblins for this card? Outside of goblins? Yeah. No. Okay, good. Obviously, this is strong enough to see play in goblins. Yeah. We don't need to talk about it anymore. Well, okay. Think, <laughs> like this, this is this is my question though. Do okay. you think that it's going to rebuild goblins? Is it that strong where you're going to play Kiki Jiki in goblin decks or not? Probably not. Okay. I I I would not do that. I would just think of like a regular goblin shell, and you include this because it's a strong card. It gives a little bit bo- a little bit of boost to that deck. I think that. If you want to talk about, okay, you want to play a Kiki-Jiki combo deck where maybe, maybe you can get a Kiki-Jiki on top and then combo off with this card, you probably want to add blue with Brainstorm and things like that to set it up. Mm-hmm. So maybe it spawns a new archetype where like you're trying to play this Snoop to copy a Kiki-Jiki, you Brainstorm to the top of your library and then go off that way. But I, I think it's it's unlikely that a shell like that comes up in Legacy. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't think that it's gonna spawn anything like that. I was just wondering if it, because we're seeing like a a pretty consistent, I think, black red goblins build. Yep. That plays like a lot of the modern horizons cards and stuff. But uh, I was wondering if you thought this was strong enough for some crazy shit. I don't think so. I think goblins is pretty strong the way that it's built right now, which is not like saying it's it's a tier one deck or something. But I mean, yep. Four goblins is pretty strong the way it's built right now. Yeah, I agree. Stormwing Entity. I haven't seen anybody talk about this card. Uh, and spoiler alert, I don't think it's good enough. But three blue. You blue, don't. Three blue blue for a three three elemental. Okay. Flying and prowess. Okay. So a three three flyer with prowess, pretty fucking big. Mm-hmm. And it costs one and a blue to cast if you've already cast an instant or sorcery this turn and when it enters the battlefield you scry two so that's a whole lot of disparate shit on one card yeah if probe were still in the format i think this would be like fucking straight into blue red delver yeah i i think i think this card is still really good you think it's still like straight into blue red delver well i don't think it would be straight into as like a four of right but you just think of decks that are playing Brainstorm, Ponder, Preordain, that's 12 ways of turning it on. If you consider this card to really cost one blue blue, that's a lot. Like, not a lot in the casting cost. That's a lot that you get from a from a three-cost card. Yeah. So I think that this card is definitely good enough. I don't think it's going to end up being super broken. Maybe it doesn't see play as a four of. Maybe I'm completely wrong. And Blue Red Delver just slams this card into it um, because it's better than the uh, Sprite Dragon. The one, yeah, it's better than Sprite Dragon, the one one with the counters. I think that's really where you want to compare this card to, though. Yeah, I th- I think that, it fills that's what a similar I thought role. of. That's what I thought of too. Is the Sprite Dragon, and also I thought of um, what's the other one called? Uh, Bedlam Reveler. Oh, okay. I don't think this really compares too much to that. I think they're trying to do different things. This one, you probably want to hold more cards in your hand. Reveler, you're trying to dump everything. Uh, Obviously, the the draw three ability from Reveler is a little bit better than Scry 2, but I think that Scry 2 is just really just a bonus. But, like, we haven't seen Reveler see play, right? Well, they're, I mean, they're completely different cards. You would want to play this with 
I don't know, with more counter spells than you would want to play with a Reveler. Right. I, I mean, that's that's where I would think I would think this card would go. True. But I think um, I think Reveler actually fits the Sprite Dragon model better. Okay, because you want to preemptively dump your hand to yeah. build the counters and then refill. Where so this I, is more I would like think a that, yeah, the Sprite Dragon would go in the direction of Reveler, and then this would go in a different direction. I don't know, man. Um, I I think that this card. I, I don't I don't mind this card. I don't I don't think it has the potential to be super broken. It's not Monastery Mentor, mm -hmm. but I think it has quite a bit of value, and. I mean, it starting out as a 3-3 three, three is, is kind of rough for where Legacy is as a format. Yeah. But um, but I think it's a powerful threat. All right. All right, you're taking the over on this card. Interesting. So, Subira Tulzidi Caravaner is two and a red for a 2-3 legendary human shaman. Shaman? Shaman? It has haste. And for one mana, you can give another target creature you control with power two or less unblockable this turn. And for one red tap, discard your hands until end of turn whenever a creature you control with power two or less deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. What the fuck is this card? I think this is an automatic one of in a Moon Zombie deck. Because this card goes with Goblin Rabble Master Legion War Boss like a fucking glove. Yeah, but like being able to give your Rabble Master unblockable. Before combat, yeah. Yeah, and then is, and then it is gets, insane. It gets huge. And then eventually, yep. you, you've made a couple goblins. And then, you know, we have zero, one card in hand. Then you can turn your goblin tokens into a draw three or four or whatever. Yep, I agree with you with that. This card just has so much text on it. Yeah. I, I don't see it applying anywhere else. No, no. But I, I think I think because it pairs so well with those two cards you mentioned, that I can absolutely see that as an include. Yeah, and this, particularly if True Name ever gets popular again, that was always like the the card that they sort of struggled with mm -hmm. from from blue decks because it, it sort of brick walled them, and they couldn't interact with it easily. So this card sort of just says, you know, go fuck yourself to that. So I think that this would be a serious. A, a more serious inclusion like they might even consider two copies if true name were, were as popular as it used to be but it's just not anymore yeah i think i think zach will probably post something on twitter about this but i like i like your your argument cool so dude this is one that i saw when i was going through today that had like hundreds of upvotes and i i had no idea why thieves guild enforcer black for a one one human rogue Whenever this or another rogue enters the battlefield under your control, your opponent mills two. And if your opponent has eight or more cards in the yard, this card gets death touch and plus two plus one. <laughs> Do you want to go to bat for this card? No. No, dude. I don't know. No, I, I mean like know. So having having a, a three two death touch for one seems cool. If you want to go through it the setup fine. process to get your Maybe. opponent to have like eight plus cards in their graveyard. I mean, just like, I compare this card to a Death Shadow that isn't close to as good. Right. Or like a Narnum Renegade that isn't as good, even. It's... Like... I, when I... Yeah, I just... I don't know. I see this card and I think about, like, the 
crappy filler 1-1 death touches that are in every draft format. Mm-hmm. Um, Except this doesn't have death touch unless you you're have eight plus cards in the yard. Yeah, yeah, you're like, no, I can swing for three. Not That's to mention, cute. just milling your opponent for two is generally a pretty big benefit for them. Yeah, yeah, I I, I don't see many decks in Legacy where your opponent would be devastated that you flipped two cards off their top into their graveyard. Yeah. I don't like this card at all. No, me neither, bro. All right, what this is probably the most contentious card, man. Miscast. I mean, it's just a worse spell pierce, right? It's yeah, it's it's single blue, counter target instant or sorcery card unless it's controller pays three. It's I think it's a worse disrupt even. <laughs> like yeah, okay. Disrupt. So like I think the the best way to talk about this card is to compare it to spell pierce. Instant or sorceries will take one more, but you can't hit planeswalkers or artifacts or any any of the other thing. You you lose a lot of flexibility compared to spell pierce to gain corner cases against instants and sorceries. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't think it's better than spell pierce overall. Obviously, there are situations where that one extra mana matters, but I think there are way more situations that come about where you can't counter certain things with this card. Yeah, I mean, are, people talk about Spell Pierce as, as if it's like a fluster storm, and the, the amount of times I counter instants or sorceries, I swear to God, it's under 50%. It's gotta be. The reason I put Spell Pierce in decks is for the problem permits. It's for enchantments, artifacts, Bit, Bitter Blossom, Jit, Jace, yeah. like yeah. Uh, Teferi. You exactly. want to be able to hit. You want to be able to hit those things, and uh, that's why I, I put don't... spell pierce in main deck and not flusterstorm in main deck. Is because spell pierce is there for as a catch-all for chalice and steering bridge and Karn and all that shit. I play decks with both in the main you deck. You do, yeah, yeah. With Niv Magus Elemental, of course. Yeah, yeah, that happened. I did that, but Fucking yeah, I don't. I don't like cast, this though. I, this card, man, I, I do not like this card. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I agree with you. I do like Disrupt, though. Disrupt is fucking sweet. Okay. Walker of... or Sorry, Waker of Waves. What the fuck? Why'd you put this here? Bro, you know why I put this here. It's for our boy, Steve Hartford, who, by the way, was trying to plan a going-away party for me, but has, uh, has a little bit of the COVID paranoia now. Yeah, I think everybody does. I remember talking to him back in, like, February... Maybe, might have even been January when he talked to me about planning all of this. Yeah, I didn't um, know. He just he just came clean. Yeah, well, I mean that like he's got a kid now. Everything yeah. is a little bit different. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, bro. But this, what you know, what deck he plays? Yeah, but yeah. So, <laughs> so he plays Hypergenesis, right? Yeah. And you can get around the five blue blue mana cost of this whale with Hypergenitus. <laughs> Hypergenitus. But like, wouldn't you rather have anything else? No, this this card cycles, man. You pay one in the blue and discard it. Look at the top two cards of your library, put one in your hand and one in your yard. Is there anything more hypergenesis than that? It's like cantrip ish, you know, like find it find the thing that you need and also bin the other one. So you could potentially put your shardless agent in your hand and bin a fucking Ulamog or whatever the fuck they play. And then it gets shuffled back in. Oh, yeah. Never mind. So, listen. <laughs> listen, listen. What's really going to happen with this card, right? Is you're going to cast your Hypergenitus, and you're going to have this in your hand. <laughs> you call it Hypergenitus. Uh, hypergenesis. <laughs> what did Dude, I say? You, you call it Hypergenitus. 
Oh, hypergenesis. <laughs> I'm sorry, I haven't had a drink. No, it's just funny. Um, I I don't know why I was saying that, but I <laughs> like I don't know about this card. I don't know about this card. I think this is a good hypergenesis card. Okay. But it also is a living end card, and it uh, yeah. I can see it in a living end shell more than I can see it in a hypergenesis shell. I yeah. think. Um, yeah, I think that you could probably just end up playing some blue draw engine that costs two in a blue, and it probably is better than this effect. What do you mean? Hell, what about fact? What about the band card? What about fact? Factor fiction? fiction. Okay. Yeah. That's what you're talking about. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of like. Uh, do they play intuition? I think I would rather play intuition than than factor fiction. They might. I mean, it, might, it seems yeah, like. It seems like that would be a much better card than this. Yeah. So this is a card that I, I didn't even think about, but I just found it when I was doing the show notes. Allosaurus Shepherd. Mm, I like this card. Okay. So it's green for a 1-1. One, one. Elf Shaman. Can't be countered. Green spells you control can't be countered. Four green green. All elves you control become 5-5 five, five dinosaurs until end of turn. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like obviously that that over that big overrun ability is kind of nice, but really I like this card from the camp because of the campy counter clause, and it's not just green creatures; it's green spells. Yeah. So you you end up green sunning for one, and then your natural order is going to resolve. Um, right. I I like this card. You seem down on it. Why are you down on this card? I just I don't know, man. It's like uh, what's that? What's the blue green hybrid or the sorry the red green hybrid lorwyn card that's like can't, can't be countered and has pay a hybrid spells you control can't be countered that card that ended up seeing play in like belcher sideboards yeah yeah i can't remember the name of the card but like this is better than that isn't it oh yeah no it's definitely better than that but i just don't i don't know man does elves play city of solitude like is is that something that they're in the market for like I think I think that this card being an elf and being such an easy include into an elf shell. Yeah. I, I feel like that green spells can't be countered thing is just like that's so powerful. It is, yeah, absolutely. And because you're playing Green Sun Zenith, including one of these isn't that big of an opportunity cost. True. And I I can see this doing really good things. So I'm I'm high on this card in elves. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, for some reason, it, it just feels to me like... It feels forced. Like the design of it? Yeah, I mean, it feels like... Um, it feels like the goblin card that they printed. It feels like that they, they started out the design with, hey, we want to make an elf and we want to make it playable, so let's give it this ability. Yeah, I guess I've just never been really high on this ability, uh, unless it's Teferi, I guess. So uh, maybe I'm being a hypocrite a little bit, but I, I I totally can see how it would be like a sideboard for Green Sun Zenith, or even like a one of for for an Elves deck with Green Sun Zenith. So maybe I'm just uh, I'm just having a visceral reaction to just a one one with no text against non blue decks, but. Yeah, I think this is in the the top three of cards that we talked about today that are going to see play. Okay. If we could, if we could like take take a look at all of the cards we talked about, and we were saying, all right, if we're going to pick three, 
that we really think are going to see play. That we talked about this... so far. Yeah, well, I mean, there's only like two cards left. Well, one, but one of them's like the biggest, one of the biggest ones. All right, okay. never mind. It's, it's not really. Okay. You, yeah, I think you're right. I guess I would have to give it number three as well. Because uh, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I dislike a lot of the other cards a lot. That's why. <laughs> it's, it comes down like that to me too. Uh, Run a foul. I'm only mentioning this because of Tom Cairns, and he said he's going to play this card. It's green for a one mana instant edict for flyers. Mm, yep, it is. It is. Where uh, you could just like play, you could just play one mana removal in the other colors you're playing, Tom. You're yeah. playing fucking four colors anyway. Why do you want to play this? Just play unsummon, bro. So <sighs> vi- village rights is the one man alters reap that we've already talked about. That seems like it goes right into Nick Fit, but it's Nick Fit, so. Mm-hmm. You had a problem with that. Um, well, I mean, there's just a lot of cards that yeah. you say, oh, I could see Nick Fit. Yeah, but this, there's only this so isn't, many cards this isn't Nick like I can play. see as a one of a Nick Fit. This is like a four of a Nick Fit. This is a difference. Yeah. But. Uh, and then there's also, I don't remember the name of this card because I saw the like Spanish or whatever version that got spoiled, but it's a one in a black instant destroy a creature or planeswalker or three converted mana cost or less. Yeah, it's like it's an upgrade to Smother. Remember when that card yeah. saw play in like Bug? Do you remember when I played it in Modern and got a fucking match loss because it's not in Modern? <laughs> I don't remember that story. I did, yeah. Oh, oh, that sucks. That sucked. Yeah, I mean, like they it was a long time. Shouldn't print those cards ago. in fucking Modern Borders if they're not in Modern. <laughs> I think, but. um, I think that obviously, like throughout Legacy's history, things have changed, and Smother used to be a Legacy playable side, like. A questionable legacy playable card. Um, I like the ability that it has to be able to hit planeswalkers as well. But um, I don't know. One in a black for targeted for sort of a contingent targeted removal. I'm not really sure of. Yeah. Well. So I think it obviously has to be a non-green deck, right? So I think that you you have to be talking about a time when. Uh, Astrolabe is banned because like the four color sort of soupy decks now they just yep. have, they have access to Abrupt Decay no matter what colors they're in really they're going to have access to Abrupt Decay because that's just sort of the way it goes with Oko and the, the incentives to be playing colors right now goes blue, then green then red and black right so I guess maybe like some strictly black deck like Pox or something maybe could play this but it's not really what we're talking about i guess yeah well i guess we'll have to ask travis about pox stuff because i like i don't even think about that yeah so it would have to be like a what about like a black red reanimator do they play fatal push in the sideboard ever i mean maybe if what, what play... do they use to get around containment priest and things like that right i'm trying to think about that spot because if there's a planeswalker that harasses them then maybe this would be better than fatal push probably not because of the mana cost and those decks being really sort of mana tight yeah. um but it'd have to be really harassed by like ashiok or something like that yeah i don't see it i don't see it but it's uh it's a card it's a card that, that at least you put in your box for sure because it could have its day like i don't know what, what color combination you're playing like i guess it, could, it would be like grixis 
Uh, not even Grixis. Just straight blue black control, and you need to deal with planeswalkers, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of a stretch, but it it somebody will play it some someday because it's the right choice and it'll be correct. But I'm not sure that deck exists in this Astrolabe world. Yeah. Yeah. So yo, what about jump? We, so now we're done with M21. Let's start Jumpstart. Oh geez, we're gonna start talking about this already. <laughs> Honestly, bro, I I tried looking at it today. First of all, I didn't even know it existed until this weekend. Yep. But second of all, I I can't actually tell if there's any new cards in this set. There's there's no. New there definitely ones. are. They reprinted some good ones though. They reprinted Crater Hoof. Crater Hoof, yeah. They reprinted. Do um, you know Crater Hoof was sixty fucking dollars? What? I thought, I thought it was like ten bucks. No. Hold oh, on. Oh fuck, dude! Why didn't I sell those stupid fucking idiot? God damn it! I had no idea it was sixty dollars. That's insane. Yeah, I think Why? I think that was a good reprint. Because it could probably because of EDH, the guess, format yeah. that you had like the premier EDH financed strategist on where you admitted that you didn't fucking know how commander works. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't, anyway. I didn't know Crater Hope could even be your commander, but they don't can't be your commander. It's not legendary. It's not legendary, right? So basically, <laughs> there's um, tiny there, bones. There's cards from M twenty one in fucking Jumpstart. Like, a lot of them. Okay. So I couldn't tell if it was just M21 cards that were in there as the new cards, or if it was just, like, they happened to have M21 cards in there. But I there's think a they, land... they happen to, but there's new stuff, too. Bro, there's a cr- pretty crazy cycle of lands. Do you know about the land cycle in Jumpstart? I haven't looked too much. So it's, like, comes into play tapped, and it's an island. Or, or it's not an island. It, it taps for blue. Or comes yep. into play tapped, and it taps for white. But also, when it comes into play, you pick a color, and it also taps for that color. Which is an interesting design that I'd never seen before. Not not legacy considerable, but... Yep, so coming into play tapped and not being able to be fetched is kind right. of kind of whatever, but I like, I like the idea. Yeah, the idea was pretty interesting, I thought, and uh, I applaud them for that. But uh, like they're called like Thriving Isle and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But basically, the the vast majority of these cards seem to be reprints to me, and the ones some of the ones that aren't reprints are very like commandery cards. I would mm-hmm. I would call them. But there was nothing that really stuck out to me, and I I looked at the legacy subreddit to make sure that there wasn't some like card that had three hundred upvotes or something. I didn't see anything at all. So I'm just gonna go ahead and assume that this is gonna have no impact on legacy, and we'll talk about whatever card wins the challenge next week. Yeah, well, we'll see about it. Yeah, there's there's got to be something that we're missing, but this is just. Yeah, when does Jumpstart come out? I imagine it's probably out already, or it comes out next week, or it comes out in July. Uh, One of those things is definitely true. How fucking weird is this set, dude? Do you know anything about it other than the name? No. I heard something about it comes in like thirty-five card booster packs, maybe. I um I really don't know. I don't know either, bro. Jumpstart's supposed to come out on July seventeenth. Okay. But they're having they're having trouble with um releasing it on that date because of COVID. So <sighs> uh yeah. They don't have a new release date to share. Basically. Also, bro, this is what I heard when I was reading about it today, is that they're releasing this set on Arena but 
they're selectively picking which cards go into historic and which cards don't. <sighs> which is like, what the fuck are you even doing? By the way, Arena's coming to Mac this week. Oh, only like two years late. Yeah, two years late. But I, there's, <laughs> they a, there's did it. actually they did a it. chance I install it now because when I'm stuck at work, like with nothing to do, and we only have Macs at work, there's a chance I'll actually play a game on it. Okay. I doubt it. I, I really <sighs> doubt it. I, I just hate the idea of it. I hate the idea of supporting it right now. But there's a card called Tiny Bones that's a legendary 1 2 skeleton rogue for 1 and a black. At the beginning of each end step, if an opponent discard a card this turn, you draw a card and lose one life. And four black black, each opponent with no cards in hand loses ten life. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. All right. That's that's tiny bones, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There are some new interesting cards. I haven't researched the set too much. In fact, I thought that this was going to end up being like a fall release. I didn't really understand the um, the pairing with M twenty one. But I haven't been in the loop with that recently, so um, yeah. well, I guess we'll talk about it more next week. Yeah, for sure, bro. We, yeah, we, we, I guess we have a couple weeks to talk about this. And if there are some cards that show up and, and seem worthy of consideration, then we'll have a little mini-spoiler episode. Perfect. All right, so bro. You're, you're leaving. Yeah, well, no, so I'm not actually leaving, though. That's the thing. Um, I'm going to stick around for two more weeks at my in-law's house. Okay. Because my wife decided that she wants to take the boards in Massachusetts, not Ohio. So good for will, her. We will be here until the sixteenth of July, just not nice. in our house. Well, uh, I, I kind of feel bad for you. Not that you're staying here, but that you're not. You're going to be in somebody else's house. Sort of. I, I understand how that is. That's probably going to suck a little bit. It it always does, but it's just an excuse to to get out and do stuff, right? Yep. Go to the gym, all the stuff that you get out of the house and do, right? <laughs> Open the gyms already. <laughs> Fuck for fuck's I need sake. a haircut. I need a fucking haircut. Bro, I'll cut your hair. I know. You just said you had a mullet. There's no I'm way you're literally, touching this. I, I have beautiful, that. beautiful hair. I can't, dude. The thought of you with long hair is giving me a fucking nightmares. Can't wait but, to see you. <laughs> the uh, yeah, I think that everybody missed this. First of all. This COVID thing has taught me my new calling in life, which is to be a hairdresser because I fucking love cutting hair, it turns out. And I'm really fucking good at it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm easily in the top top percentile, 99th percentile of cutting hair. I cut my own hair. It's fucking beautiful. I get to just stare in the mirror for half an hour and just cut one strand at a time, which is combining many of my loves. But also, <laughs> I... I'm just really good at it, except that you can't actually see the back of your own hair. So I, I did definitely have a mullet two weeks ago. Yep. Is the mullet gone now? Did you have somebody fix it for you? <laughs> I think it's gone because I just spent like two hours cutting the back of my hair. But I don't actually know what it looks like still. <laughs> okay. I know it's not a mullet. It might be really weird looking, but it's not a mullet. Okay. All right. So is uh, that... Uh, Ian eighteen one twenty five on Twitter for the time. T Smiley MTG and you can follow the cast at Dead Format Cast. Dead Format Cast at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email, we'll certainly read it. And that's a wrap. You want to talk to us about how excited you are every time we do a set review episode? Uh, <laughs> hit us up at hit us up at the Gmail. M twenty one, this is gonna be a fucking set that redefines magic, bro. It's, it's so exciting. <laughs>
Yo, this hold was an on, hour real quick. The Ethereal Forager. Remember we talked about that card from last set? Hmm. No. I liked it. But I'm the sure whale, we did. The whale that you delve a card, you delve to cast it, and then you can cast. Oh, and then cards. you can replay the cards with delve. Yeah. Yeah. That card wasn't actually in Accordia. Oh, what was it in? I don't know. That's what I was going to ask you because was I it definitely the commander? Saw it. The commander releases with Accordia. Maybe yeah, I guess that's what it was. I forgot that that happened. Okay, it must. Have I, been I do remember talking about that card because yeah, I just remembered looking at the set review that we talked about that card last time. I never, I've never seen it. So, all right, that's a wrap. All right, take care.